Welcome back to Hour 2 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Looks like we got a couple of calls holding. All right. All right. So um, we're always happy to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Okay. So let's see what we got on the line. Okay. Caller, you are on the line with Becca and Stella. Hey, this is uh, Shirley, and I am calling because... uh, I have to, I have a confession. I'll start with that. Okay. I do spend She's calling into the confessional, hours. okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't I have do one of those spend... little booths. Okay, all right. <laughs> I do spend three hours on Friday listening to your show. It's all your fault. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm contributing to yes. your, your smartphone addiction. <gasps> right, right. <laughs> um, That's so funny. By the way, great, great show. And uh, the topic this morning got me by surprise and it threw me back to how I grew grew up uh, just like you ladies, simple life, playing out, outside, no, no phone, uh, being outside all the, the time, doing chores. I, I feel sorry course. for kids nowadays that don't get to have that same childhood. Me too. I I know. Me me too. Um, and I think that what came to mind is a verse from Proverbs. And uh, oftentimes I find myself um, feeling maybe a little bit jealous of the kids because they have all this time going to the pool and long trips and um, camps over the summer where my summer was spent in between doing chores in in the house, cooking food because both my parents worked. Uh, I was um, having to prepare vegetables for canning so when they come come home it's all ready to go you know my uh, favorite my but, favorite canned vegetables of all my grand my great grandmother used to can green beans mm-hmm. oh my gosh mm-hmm. they are so good after they've been canned for a while and especially the way she do it it's like you know she put some bacon in there i think and they had a little bit of a salty flavor to them mm. oh they were amazing ah. yeah Hmm. Well, maybe if you know the recipe, you can share share because I I am about to can some green beans next week. Oh, okay. from uh, from the Schwabek farm in Moriarty, they have awesome green green beans. Well, everything is awesome there. Yeah, yeah. But to go back to the topic. Um, my parents, they raised me by this verse in Proverbs. Those who spare the rod hate their children, but those who love them are diligent to discipline them. Makes and, sense. And although uh, now in modern days we don't um, spare the the rod um we we don't spoil the well we do spoil the the child and that's not a good way to um 
to teach them the values uh, that they can treasure later on when they become adults. Well, uh, well, you one, know, Shirley, I think there's a couple of things. I think that, number one, I think that when you uh, don't think of your parents as friends and you think of them as parents instead, you have more respect for them. And not only that, but you learn how to be a better adult and a better parent yourself. That's, that's right. And in, in time, I mean... I've I've learned the the older I I get the more I admire the work that my parents did with me um the um, the effort the understanding and yes they were always parents they were never my my friend Yeah right you can be and, friends with them when you get and, older right <laughs> right and you know, one one thing that I really carry with me throughout my my life is dinner time. To me, dinner time is holy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you call me or te- text me between six and seven, I will not answer. I don't have the phone with me at the table. We eat in the dining room, and that's a rule. We are forced to talk to each other. Um, and I think um, doing this and practicing the discipline to be disconnected from phone or TV for one hour um it it's not go, going to kill any, anyone you're not going to miss anything um and um it's just um pushing you to be more disciplined in in other things like making yeah. your your bad yeah, Vicky, did you morning. have a comment? You look like you had some comments. Did you have a comment on this? Um, no, I do agree that I think it's important for um, us to give time without the phone to disconnect, I think is important. So we can, well, hang on to interpersonal relationships in the uh, an organic type of interpersonal relationship, one that we didn't have as kids, uh, being connected to the phone. Yeah, it's important to do that. Um, kids don't know how to con- communicate with each other. Families are their deni- dynamics are now tanking because of that. So I'm I totally agree. Absolutely, put down the phone, turn off the TV. Yeah, you know, play a board game, read some, read a book, um, play cornhole, something. You were telling me about that the other day. I'd never heard of that. It reminded me of Beavis and Butthead. Cornholio, right? Cornholio. But get outside no, the it's sunshine. No, it's not the same thing. You know? It's just put down the devices. It's, yeah. We're just too connected. Yeah. And and that goes for adults, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it, it happened to you, too. You're sitting in a, in a restaurant uh, with a friend, and they are on the phone at all times. And he's like, um, hmm, 
I think they think How that they're very important. I'm so important. Up? Yeah. <laughs> is somebody more important than me right now, which is sitting yeah. here having having a meal with you? Mm-hmm. You know, there are, you know, um, one thing I, I learned in college, we talked about, we had a, um, a class that we took called World Culture, which was actually a really great class. I enjoyed that class, um, where... We were talking about the customs of other cultures and, you know, especially the Asian cultures. They're big on food and and having meals together because it's 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 a very it's a very bonding, connecting, uh, you know, ritual to do. And right. a lot of you know, a lot of cultures, I mean, like I think it's the I think it's the Japanese. I think when you're going see, I think it's the Japanese when you go there and you're like if you're a business person and you're going to be doing a business deal with a, a Japanese company. You sit down and you have a meal together first. You don't talk about business. Right. You don't talk about business until after the meal is over. Mm-hmm. You know, That's the way it should be. Right. It, it's a way of connecting. And as families, it's a way of connecting, and it seems like that's being lost. And the, and the thing with everybody staring at their phones all the time and being addicted to their phones, they're never really present. Well, no. And then it uh, there's FOMO that, that creeps in. Do you all know Fo- FOMO? FOMO is? No, I don't. Fear of missing out. Oh, okay. okay. That's a good one. Okay. Fear of missing wow. out is a huge problem. <laughs> With our kids nowadays, but it's also detrimental to adults who see other people having fun or doing activities that they you might not be, well, intentionally or unintentionally not included. And that can cause a lot of anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation with a lot of my clients, too. You know, I... Um I'm I'm always out doing things all the time. I try to be out as much as possible. Actually, my my home where I live is actually one of my lower priorities because I'm not there any more than I have to be. I would rather be out doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was recently out on a 10-day cross-country motorcycle trip and just experiencing everything out there along the way. And you know, one one thing I'm always saying all the time, most people are so focused on the destination that they miss out on the best part, which is the journey. The journey. And for me, it's all about the journey. And that 10-day trip was about the journey, all the places in between, right. all the experiences in between, everything that I saw in between, all the people I interacted with and talked to along the way. That was the best part of the trip, not necessarily the the destinations. All right. You know, they were interesting too, you know, but... but the, the journey and a lot of people don't understand the journey and they miss the journey now because they're all staring at their cell phones that's right and they're thinking about missing out of something on the cell phone yeah. FOMO is a big problem oh, I never heard that term before yes. Rebecca you yeah. inspired me so much with that trip that actually next week I am going to take a solo ride for four days to Colorado um, and Yes, it's not the destination. I am going to a rally th- there, but it's I'm I'm only going to spend one day with them. Mm-hmm. The rest is go going to be tra- traveling alone, exploring, being disconnected, um, and just enjoying it. One thing that I really love when I ride my my motorcycle. I can't answer calls or or texts. That's right. And it literally it it feels so so good. It does. So I refuse to use a a communicator because then the calls will come straight into my ear. 
Yeah. So no. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna do it. So yeah, I am. Uh, that's going to be about a little bit over a thousand miles of a trip that that I'm gonna do, um, and that's literally being me with myself when I ride and mm-hmm. with nature. Yeah. And when I stop talking to people that I never met, probably I will never meet afterwards. Um, but that's, uh, that's what I like connection with real people in real time. Wow. Right, and a lot of people have just forgotten what that's like anymore. Yeah, you'll have to let us know how it goes for you, because, yeah. Yeah, was a, well, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah, it's a good experience for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I will try to uh, to post at the end of each day where where I was and what I've I've experienced. But, yes, it's the 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 journey. Yeah, the rally go goes on for for five five days. But I said no, I am going to uh, to make it a journey, not just a trip to to a, a destination. And of course, along the way, I will do my best to enjoy some good good food because oh, um, abs- well, that's always I'm part of any journey. <laughs> it is for me. It's like yeah, right. Yeah, I you know. One thing I've noticed a lot of people do on social media nowadays is they will post things for the purpose of, hey, look at me. And maybe, you know, you you might have some comments on that, Vicky, but I, I, you know, when I post things, like you might notice if you follow my posts on social media, I'm not, I don't do posts like that. I don't post those look at me posts. No, neither do I. No. The posts, you know, like when I was posting like, like photos and video from my motorcycle trip or anything else I do, the reason I do it is because I'm trying to share the experience with others. I'm trying to inspire others because, you know, like that trip I did, mm-hmm. most people will not do that. They, they, they will not get out of their comfort zone and do something like that. And, you know, honestly, I was having a great amount of anxiety the very first day when I first left. And after I was on the road for a couple hours, I felt pretty darn good. You know, but a lot of people nowadays, they're just so afraid to get out and experience life and do things. And the reason I post things is because I'm trying to inspire people. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put it out there like, well, look at me. You know, no, that look at me stuff, it's like there's so many people out there doing the look at me stuff. It's like posting a picture of themselves just so that people can compliment them. It's like, uh, you know, that's, that's. That's really, it's really insecure, you know. I just so you had a comment, Vicky. Go ahead. Oh well, I yeah. find that it's it's a bit self-absorbed. Yeah, those that kind of attitude, and um, I mean, one reason that I don't post those things are for that very reason, and I'm often um, in alignment with a lot of my clients who uh, see uh, social media as being detrimental. So um, in solidarity, I will go off social media. I will take these breaks with them and yeah. we'll do that journey together um, because FOMO has affected me. Yeah. That fear of missing out. And, you know, there's, and it's all about how other people have this showboat attitude um, that can be really crushing sometimes, especially if you're at a dark place in your, your life, you know, you're going through something hard. It can really, uh, what is it? Uh, compound that, that stress mm-hmm. and that sadness. So I think it's important to, 
to recognize being in the moment, in the here and now, being present with people. And social media is fantasy. It's not real life a lot no, of the times. It's not. So when I do posts, it's 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 real stuff that's inspiring, like your stories, Becca. They're very inspiring. You know, I want to go on a journey for sure. That's, that's good. That's what I want to inspire people to do. Yeah. I want people to get out and go on a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that journey may be for I'm you. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Anything else, uh, Shirley? Have you ever? Um, well, speaking of so social media. Um, what I'm, um, what I experience is that, yes, people, they do post things and it's mostly, Hey, look at me. I need your compliments so I can feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why do you rely on other people to tell you how awesome you are or beautiful or, Oh, Hey, I got a, a haircut. Okay. Yeah. Well, good for right. you. <laughs> right. And, uh, right. And, and, it, and, you know, it, it makes you wonder, uh, why do they constantly need attention and affirmation? Well, they're looking for external validation. Um, that's what they're doing. Looking for external validation. Right. They have and, trouble with internal and that's where uh, it starts. You know, and the thing is that you got to right. keep in mind is, you know, I I like that I have a lot of followers on social media. And, and the reason I like I have a lot of followers on social media is because hopefully some of the words I'm saying are inspiring people to to stand up and and not roll over and give in and to get out and have a life and have a journey of your own. That's why I do it. And it's like, that's why I enjoy having a lot of followers on social media because I know other people are saying, oh, well, you know, I kind of like what Becca's doing. And it's like, maybe I should be getting out and, and doing more myself. And that's that's what I'm shooting for, not look at me, you know. Well, life you is know, so incredibly I need your short. Praise. Yeah, yeah, life is so short. If you don't do something now that you can walk and talk and right. breathe without oxygen, then you're sad out of luck. You know, you got to do it now that you can, that you're healthy enough to do it. That's right. Yeah. Who wants to go on, the, on your little walking stick with your oxygen tank? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. the purpose of social media, I believe. I think it should be the soul is to inspire others to yeah. be the best version of themselves that yeah. they can and give back. So oftentimes it's just, I see it yeah. abused. Yeah. Because after all, what we show on social media is only one tiny aspect of what our life is or what happens in a day. So it's, it's very limited and some People, I noticed that they have the tendency to create this per- perfect life with the perfect kids and the perfect pets and a perfectly clean kitchen. And that's and, just not and then realistic. I get myself, no, I get myself so worked up because why my countertops are always packed with stuff why is why my kitchen is not as as clean well you you know why because i live in it i yeah. i cook three three meals a, 
a day. Yeah. I, I use it. You know, so, my, my house is a disaster, um, and it's because I'm hardly ever there. And if I focused all the time to make the house perfect, what am I going to do? Am I just going to sit around there all the time? No. I'm going to be out riding my motorcycle. I'm going to be out going on an ATV adventure somewhere. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be going out, hanging out with some friends somewhere, maybe doing karaoke or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's just a place mostly for me to come and... And uh, rest and and sleep and, you know, maybe cook a meal. And, uh, you know, it's like you've got to, yeah, you you just got to balance things. Right. Anyway. Exactly. Anything else, uh, Shirley? And um, no, not not for for now. Thank you for having me. You ladies rock. Well, thank you, Shirley. You You too. We appreciate you listening. Okay. Thank yes. you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Everybody Shirley. Have a blessed bl- 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 weekend. And Rebecca, uh, don't forget to mention the march that we are going to have on the 23rd of September. That's going to be at Civic Plaza, right? Uh, no, it's actually a location on Course Northwest. Okay. Uh, I. I am going to send you the the flyer because I don't know the I don't remember the details okay. and yeah. the the times but yes there is going to be a, a march that that okay. day we can't we can't stop just because there, no. there is no. a a temporary stop no we can't yeah send that to me and that way I can share it with everybody okay okay God okay. bless you and have a great weekend okay. see you Shirley bye 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 bye. I think Tamara tried to call, too. Tamara, if you want to call back in, you can. The lines are open now, so you can call in if you want. Um, I wanted to talk about, because uh, we're talking about, you know, um, we were talking a lot about kids and parents and all that kind of stuff. And I found an article, and this was on the uh, the Epic Times. This is a really tragic story. It's about a woman that says her daughter was sex trafficked after school. The school. Oh, well, there's Tamara. Let me get her real quick, and then we'll talk about that. Okay. Tamara, hey, what's going on today? I, I was just trying to call you because I texted you the phone about the phone, and someone. Oh, else I forgot to put the banner the up in the first hour. That. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so what's going on? But also Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. At Louis thing, Calibers, they're having a thing. No, yeah. Saturday, tomorrow they're having. Or if you're listening on the radio, it's today, you know, so depending on when you're listening to it. Um, what 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 time is it oh, over okay, at Calibers, Tamara? What time is it at Calibers on Saturday? 10 uh, to noon. I think it's... Ten to yeah. Ten to noon. Mm-hmm. Ten okay. To so noon. if you're listening on the and radio, sorry you missed music. you missed it. <laughs> also, the march the march on uh, uh, the 23rd is at 10 o'clock a.m. and it starts at 5314 Central Avenue Southwest. So that's when the march is going to start. It's and we're doing like a march. How far are we and where are we marching to? It's three quarters of a mile. It says details at the meet site, so you won't know till you get there. Ah, okay, all right. Yeah, you know, we got to keep the pressure up on this whole uh, thing with the attempted uh, gun ban uh, by the governor. And I'm going to talk about Mm -hmm. that more here in a little bit. Um, But what she did was clearly unconstitutional. Rally, rally, rally. Even the Democrat Party's running away from her on this thing. (laughs) I see. 
It's like, you know, this is what we want to do, but we were trying to, to be a lot more stealthy about it. And you just like put it out there and you actually admitted that we don't care about our oath of office. You know, she said she said the silent words that they've all they all, you know, believe but haven't been saying. And she's put it out there. Yeah. Anything else? Tamara? Yeah. And also. And also, it was really good that James Freeman does what he does because he went out there Monday and he pushed the envelope. Oh, I've got I've, I've yes, I've got I've got the audio from that, and I'm going to play that here shortly. So, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was, he really pushed. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, they're going to arrest him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got. He that does one. that all the time, though. Yeah, yeah. The judge, all of the judicial system, the law officers all over New Mexico, they know who James Freeman is because right, he's yeah. constantly. Calling them out when they do things wrong. Yeah, I'm going to play that clip. It's hilarious. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> Way to hear that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. All right, yeah, Tamara. It is hilarious. But, okay, anyway, um, but I think I will be there Saturday morning at, what's his name, Cabela's Louis thing. Yes, yeah, Calibers. Yeah, I'm going to try to make it to that one, too. <laughs> Stephanie Lord's going there also, from what I understand. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, she's going to speak. So, but anyway, I was mostly just calling you about the uh, your phone thing, but you got it on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to bring up the banner. So, thank you. <laughs> See you, Tamara. All right. Well, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Uh, bye. Okay, if you want to call in, 505-444-5059, that's the number. So I saw this article on the Epic, Epic I think it's Epic Times. It's like my favorite thing. Um and uh, Dan Crenshaw, which I don't always agree with everything he says. Uh, I think he's sometimes a little bit of a little bit maybe too left for me. But um, in this case, he's not. Um, let me. I'm just going to play this clip, and then you can. And we'll talk about this. Oh, and you know we've only got two minutes left. I'm not going to play the clip yet because I don't have enough time for that. Um, in the next segment. I'm going to play that clip by Dan Crenshaw. We're going to talk about this woman that says her daughter was sex trafficked after school after the school hid her gender transition. And they have ruined this child's life. And all kinds of horrible things happen to her. We're going to talk about that. And then after that, we're going to get into this thing with this attempted gun ban by the, uh, by the governor. And um, I have that clip that I'm going to play from James Freeman, which is hilarious. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that to these state state <laughs> police officers. It's like I know they're going to make an exception and re- arrest him, but no, he just pushed it to the pushed it to Ooh, the max. It was, can't wait to hear that. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. Um, and then what else we got? We're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about, there's actually a uh, USC law on the books, which, which MLG has violated. <clears throat> She could be arrested, but they're not. You it's know? amazing to me that no one has the these wishy-washy cops. They don't. Yeah, they don't want it. No one has the cojones to stand up there and go do no, it. No, they don't. And they would be famous if they did. Yeah, they, they would be. Just do it. Do start it now. Start yeah. now. Yeah, that's right. Do it. Okay, you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. We'll be right back.
Have you been wanting to do a podcast but don't have a studio? We can produce your show here at Freedom Speak. We can even do commercials and PSAs. Your podcast here at Freedom Speak Studio would be complete with professional audio and video and we'll stream it to your favorite platform. All you have to do is show up and talk. We do the rest. For details, email us at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at perkinsprotectiontraining.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Been having a lot, a lot of interesting topics today. If you want to send us your questions and comments, you can email us at Becca, that's B-E-C-C-A, at freedomspeaknm.com. If you want to check out our website, it is freedomspeaknm.com, and from there you can look at replays of any of our shows on Friday morning. You can click on the Rumble link and watch the show live. You can click in on the Becca's Monologues tab, and you can also check out the resources. I post any kind of interesting information I can find. I post it on there on the on the um, information tab. So anyway, um, been talking a lot about, uh, I've got a Somebody in here that is a mental health professional, deals with a lot of kids. Her name's Vicki, a good friend of mine. And so I wanted to talk about this article I saw in the Epic Times about how, as a result of a school uh, withholding information from parents about uh, their daughter, uh, their daughter uh, really, really went through uh, some horrendous stuff. I wanted to start off with a clip from Dan Crenshaw on a Senate hearing where he's talking about 
what's being done to these kids in the school. And I think this is very interesting. Let me play this here. Let's see. Okay, here it is. Give it a second to come up here. Okay. My colleague, and uh, I do have a few questions. You know, I, I want to say a few things first. We keep hearing this was this is a politicized uh, issue. This is a manufactured culture war. I got to say, we aren't the ones who did that. We aren't the ones that came up with this radical new movement that is performing permanent physiological changes to children with no evidence of any benefits. We we didn't start that. We're just trying to stop it because it's crazy. It's a contentious issue, which almost 70% of Americans oppose. So we are just saying here that taxpayer money shouldn't be used for it. That's all. This should not be that controversial of an issue. Um, questions are for Dr. McNamara. I, I just want to ask you, honestly, you're not concerned about the unknown effects of puberty blockers, hormones, and, and surgical interventions in kids, the long-term effects. Not concerned about that. Everything I've said here today comes from a place of deep honesty and conviction for the care that I provide and the community that I'm a part of. You've said that we've cherry-picked data. How do you mean that? How do you mean that? So it is very unscientific and flawed to pick a single study or a single statistic and to discuss it in isolation. Um, totally agree. Medical experts are able to talk about all of the evidence as a whole. Totally agree. So. It's good to look at systematic reviews, right? That's the gold standard of evidence when you're trying to understand whether something works or whether it doesn't. So the British Journal of Medicine looked at 61 systematic reviews with the conclusion that, quote, there is great uncertainty about the effects of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries in young people. The Journal of Endocrine Society came up with the same conclusion, even the American Academy of Pediatrics. They all cite the lack of evidence. And so here's the thing. If you're doing a therapy, and it's you know temporary, whatever, fine. Maybe let's try it. Let's see if it works. But when you're talking about permanent physiological changes, do you not agree, just from an ethical standpoint, that you might want extremely strong evidence of the benefits? And there is no systematic review that, that states that there is strong evidence of benefits. Sir, are you aware of how the quality evidence grading system works and how it's applied? Yeah. Yeah, we've read through it. That's why I'm citing these journals. So which journal says something different? I'm, I'm, we should have that debate. Tell me a journal that has done systematic reviews that cites different evidence, that cites strong evidence for benefits of these therapies. The standards of care were developed based on extensive... You're not telling me any journal. You're not telling me any study. Don't That's say standards of I'm, care. Yeah. So... Um, Tell me one. The standards of care. That's the, the standards of care. That's, yes, that's, that's, that's of not care. a journal. That's not a study. That's not an organization. That's not an institution. You're just saying words. Name one study. Just one. I'm out of time. So, but, you know, see, this is the sort of thing that happened during the scandemic over the last few years. Oh, wear your mask. You know, it'll protect you. There was no scientific evidence to prove it. There was also no actual real clinical studies released about the so-called vaccine. There were studies done, and the information from them was not good. The informed consent, you know, the, the, the information thing you're supposed to get with any kind of drug that you may take, which is usually lengthy, a whole bunch of pages of stuff that you just really boring, you don't want to read it, didn't come with anything like that either. So, yet they're saying it's safe and effective. Now, same thing here with 
what they're doing to children in schools behind the backs of parents. And you hear people like this person that Dan Crenshaw was interviewing in that congressional hearing in which she cannot state a single study that backs up the claim she's making. You know, and, and we saw this so much during the course of the scandemic in which, uh, you know, professional journals and things like that were deleted, removed, that didn't support the narrative that they wanted to push on everybody. You know, and I talked about this during my opening today in which I was talking about how the government does, has a history of doing awful things to people and using them like human guinea pigs. What's your thoughts on that, Vicki? You, you look like... I'm perplexed because it's just a sad situation that we're all in, you know, that uh, we're at the mercy of, well, well, the government. Yeah. It doesn't feel good to be a, a guinea pig at all. No. I, I think the worst thing is that they're hiding everything from the parents and t- talking the children into this madness and saying, you are a transgender and you really should were born a boy, so we're going to start you on this treatment. Don't tell your parents. And eventually we'll get you to get the operative stage where you'll have your private parts removed and all that, and it'll be okay because, you know, and, and, and a child is like... I don't know. My kids would rebel and say, you're not cutting nothing off of me. Right. My kids are like totally, I don't think they could ever give in to something like that and go along with it. They say, well, maybe, maybe I'm thinking like that now, but maybe later on in life I'll change my mind or something. I don't think they would just be so naive that would, they would start taking medication from a stranger, which is a teacher or their the nurse the right. at the school that they would trust them enough and what happened to you couldn't even give your children an aspirin without a parent's permission right and now you can give them these transgender medications you know it is like crazy yeah that doesn't make sense at all well and then the lie they push is that oh well these you know these uh ba- these um these puberty blockers you know we can always you can always change your mind like well no you can't mm-hmm. it's like come on it's like We've all been children at one point in time or another. We remember when we were growing up. We remember that we had a had a had a spurt of uh, changes going on with us during puberty, in which that lasted a finite amount of time. Right. And it's like one of those things. Okay, well, we're going to stop that from happening. We're just going to skip that that little that little thing uh, where that puberty thing that you go through. We're going to skip that. We're going to make sure that doesn't happen. And then you're trying to say that, oh, well, later on you're going to change your mind. Well, no, you've, you've, you've missed that boat. That ship's already sailed. It's gone. You've permanently altered that, that person for the rest of their life. And if, if it turns out to be just a fad for them, which I believe a lot of this is just a fad, we've had fads in the past, only right. they didn't involve altering your physical body, you right. know, and if, if, that fad, and they, they move beyond that fad and say, oh, my God, what have I done to myself? And then they grow up, and they can't have a normal life. They can't have a normal sex life. They can't have a normal uh, relationship. They can't have a family like they normally could be able to. That's all ruined. They've ruined the rest of their life. And, you know, one thing that I understand about this, I, at least I, I thought I understood about it, is that before anything life-altering like this is done, uh, you get a significant amount of, 
uh, counseling from somebody like you, Vicki, mm-hmm. for a long period of time Absolutely. to talk about that, to make sure that, oh, is this just an issue where maybe you've been abused in some way? Maybe you've been right. sexually molested by an adult, that there's all these other things, or maybe that you've just got you've got some mental problems and maybe that need to be worked through and that you've got these people in these schools trying to manipulate you into believing something that that isn't true it's not a secret it is not a secret what they're doing them to school so why aren't parents sitting their children down and saying this is lunacy that's going on do not even go there right. and if you have a problem with that you come to me first i'm your mother you know i created you exactly and we would talk about this here not at school this is something that you don't talk about at school this is a family issue if you thought that, this, that you might be you know wanting to transform whatever you come to me first you don't go to a complete stranger and let them start giving you medications and and weird things that are irreversible. And a parent has to make that very clear to their child instead of letting them go to school and hoping for the best and thinking maybe they won't do it or maybe they won't be the victim. It's up to you to protect your child and not let them become a victim of the of society, of the teachers, of whatever they're teaching them at school. It's up to you as a parent to talk to your child. And you know what? You're, nobody loves you more than your parents do. That's right. right. Your parents love you more than anything in the world. They want, your, they want you to have life, have a happy life. They want you to grow up to be a happy adult, whatever that may be. So this is something, you know, you talk to these people, they don't love you like your parents do. Your parents love you. They want the, the, what's best for you. So that what's going on in the schools is just crazy. And, you know, I read this article here about what happened to this, this one child. And it says this, uh, that a woman filed a lawsuit against a Virginia school district alleging its clandestine support of her daughter's decision to change her gender identity resulted in her being threatened, bullied, and ultimately trafficked by sexual predators. And this is, this is a crazy, crazy roller coaster of things that happen to this woman and her, her do- it's basically this was an adopted child. So it says here, uh, Michelle Blair, biological grandmother and adoptive mother of 16-year-old Sage Blair, alleges in the lawsuit filed in August that staff at the Appomattox County High School directed Sage, which is her, her daughter's name, who has a history of mental health issues and early childhood trauma, to change her name and pronouns and to use the boys' bathroom, all while keeping it a secret from Mrs. Blair. Oh, that's... It- totally inappropriate Mm -hmm. first of all if she's having mental health issues that should be first stop yeah you know um i agree um and i see kids who um are having these issues all the time that come in there with uh gender identity issues and they're confused and i do encourage them to speak to their parents about this Mm -hmm. um i have not heard anything in our local uh school sectors but i would imagine that is it's obviously going on around the the country, but um, definitely tap into the mental health issue. And if there's a, a trauma history, oh my goodness, you have to you have to really address that first, primarily. You do, and and allow your children to be independent thinkers. That's what's going on. Is kids are not. Uh, allowed to think for themselves anymore. 
you know that sometimes you have to use different tactics like I know Becca you see a lot of movies and I don't know if you remember this particular movie about a guy uh, a sickle that was uh, getting online and, and contacting children and inviting them to parties and they get all excited they're 14 year olds right. don't tell your mom just sneak out and we're going to have alcohol and there's going to be boys and all this stuff and he'd lure them <clears> over <throat> to his house then drag him into their basement and punch him as soon as he like knock him out as soon as they open the door they didn't have a chance to escape and he'd take them down there and tire them tie them up and put wires through their bodies all over them do, do, do you ever see that no movie? but well, I've, I've heard of similar that, things like that it, I, my, I saw it and I sat my kids down when they were learning to get on the computer and stuff yeah. and I go this is what happens when you don't listen to your mom and right? you, you go and listen to some fool that says it's a 14 year old and so I made them watch this movie and they're horrified they would not go online and chat boxes to save their lives oh, they said job, no way mom. <laughs> Yeah, well, you have to scare them because it, it is yeah. a scary thing. You don't want to be one of the children caught down there and having them put uh, needles through your private parts and doing all these sick things and you can't even scream because nobody can hear you in the basement. And this is what you'll run into online in these chat boxes that they say who the, the, you know it's a 14-year-old when it's not. It's a grown man that's going to lure you over there, punch you in the face before you have a chance to run away, and then you're his victim for as long as he wants. And they were horrified. I mean, I, even to this day, they, they tell their children don't get into any chat rooms no chat boxes of any kind because all this can happen to you but that movie was very effective for my children and I, sometimes you have to scare them the, the world is a scary place right now they should be scared kind of remember reminds me of the old uh, thing they used to talk about being scared straight and they weren't talking in it about anything to do with the LGBT community yeah. they were talking about kids that were on the wrong path and, and showing the them the, the, mm -hmm. the terrifying possible consequences mm -hmm. of, of taking, you know, the wrong actions. Right. You know, and that's not a bad idea, Stella. It's no, not a bad idea at all. Yeah, and you, and, you have to tell them this is a scary place right now. The world is horrifying right now. And if you allow yourself to be trapped in this, it's your own fault. And if they catch you and they're doing all that, well, you led yourself right to it. You have to make them understand that they are responsible for their own actions. And if you don't, then... That's how these kids get caught up in that. Nobody told them that life is scary. Nobody showed them a movie. Nobody told them the news of a true story or, you know, of a victim that all these horrible things happen to them. They need to know that the world is a horrifying place right now. Well, and this is like one of the main objections I have to children having smartphones. I mean, you're, you're making right? them a target. They are. There, especially when they're on social media. Because I can tell you, and I've talked about on this show before about how you've got these scammers all over. The, I mean, scammers are everywhere now. They're everywhere. And they're using social media as a way of taking advantage of people and stealing from them. But then you also have sexual predators that also see social media the same way as a resource That's for right. them to... Um, Recru recruit little kids. I've heard of children being stolen from like a mother that is so proud. This is my first grader. Look how cute she is. And she goes to this school right here and we live right here. And I'll, and they tell them exactly where the child is, you know, what hour. She, I, she goes to school from 8 to 3 and she's all grown up. They're making this big old story about their child, but all they're doing is giving the predator all the information right. on when they can grab her and when what she looks like. Her picture's already there and everything. The social media is 
because like I never post anything about my children, my family, and social media. It's always about you know politics or things that are going on in the world or whatever. But I never post pictures of my children and information about them on there. You're just like giving them away right there. It's grooming, grooming the predator, grooming the child for uh, to be a to be attacked to by be a predator. attacked by a predator. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's not a good thing at all. You know, and this grooming uh, going on in the schools, I, I look at these people that are involved in this, that are participating. They are sexual predators. They are contributing mm-hmm. to the problem. They are actually sexual predators. It, th- this girl, as a result of what the school did, uh, had her going by another name in school and had her using the boys' bathroom. It says here she was verbally, uh, physically, and sexually harassed with constant threats of rape from the male students. And despite this, the school still encouraged her to use the boys' bathroom. Not, not only that, the judge, when they went, the grandmother took him to court, the judge actually got mad because they didn't refer to the child by the boy's name. He threw their case out of court or something like, he. the judge was being very like insane, like he was going along with the liberal thought of it or whatever, but he, they got mad, the judge got mad at the grandparents because they told her, I love you, uh, what was her name, Sarah, or uh, Sage, I love mm-hmm. you, Sage. Sage, and she said, I love you, Nana, and he threw them out of court for not calling calling her Draco or whatever her, they said that her... Oh, and they removed her from, the, this girl from her parent, her adoptive parents' home and because they, in, in accusing her of abuse. And they forced her to use the male's bathroom because she was already going by the male name even right. though she had treasures. So she was getting sexually uh, raped in the bathroom all the time because they forced her to go to the male bathroom. So all of this thing, like like I said, it's it's uh, the predators are right there. The judge is a predator for just what he said, like throwing them out and, and insisting that she use the boy's restroom where she kept getting attacked. It, I mean, it's insanity. But if you don't bring it up to your children and show them how crazy it is they could fall into the trap very easily themselves yeah it seems like the safety of the children has gone to the wayside that's right and um that should be the primary concern here mm-hmm. is our child's safety uh mental health physical all all of it and that is not keeping that a child safe at all yeah. and i don't understand how teachers could could do this type of thing uh, without a parental consent mm-hmm. at all it, it's just doing our children a disservice. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, and I feel terrible for that child that has been bullied and raped. Mm-hmm. That should never, ever happen oh, and it gets in a worse. setting. And it gets o- worse. It's over and over and over since she was little. This is and It's still happening to her now at a 17-year-old or whatever. And it started early as a 2-year-old. You know, Which the, is probably why she ended up being adopted by her grandmother. Yeah. But, you know, but there's like trauma I, before that, mm-hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Says here, according to the lawsuit, Miss Olson and Mr. Via, those people at the school, I guess, played a key role in deliberately concealing Sage's transition while engaging in inappropriate psychotherapy methods to facilitate Sage's belief that she was a boy, which later led to increased trauma and her decision to run away in August of 21. Oh, where a sex trafficker got her. Yeah. Yeah. So, says here, um... Sage, identified as SB in the lawsuit, was kidnapped, drugged, and raped. Now, this is while she, after she ran away after all of this confusion. I mean, they've basically taken her out of her mother's home and 
tried to indoctrinate her into believing what they wanted. And she was kidnapped, drugged, and raped by an adult male who later drove her to Washington, where she was left with two brothers who drugged and raped her again before driving her to Maryland, where she was then left with a registered sex offender who kept her in a locked room only to be trafficked to other men. Oh, can one child endure all that misery? Is what I'm saying. Like, who deserves that? Like, no, from that, birth, it's going to be detrimental for the rest of her life. She's mm-hmm. going to be in therapy, mm-hmm. and it's all precipitated due to what they did to her at the school and leaving her mother out of the loop. Not okay. Not okay. No, not okay at all. And how many children are going through that now that we don't even we're not even aware of? This is one that this is one that just yeah. got picked up by by the news. Exactly. How many children have already gone through that? I mean, I think Becca, you had one person in here that transitioned. Mm, yeah, had her in here. They yeah. talked her mm-hmm. into it and all that. And at she a young thought, age. Yeah, at a young age. Mm-hmm. And now she's trying to get back to her, but she nothing will ever be normal again. Yeah. Nothing will ever be normal for her again. You know, they talked her into getting a double va- uh, mastectomy when she was uh, a young a kid. I think she wow. said she was 12 or something. I don't know. Yeah. And and now, you know, after she realized, after she had time to get through the whole, work through the whole thing, like I said, a fad, and realize that, oh, well, that's not what I really wanted. But now, now I'm not going to be able to have a normal relationship i'm not going to be able to uh, breastfeed a child if right. i want to have a child or if or if she can even have a child after all of that yeah hard to say that's just a tragedy it really is mm-hmm. and i ooh that inspires anger in me right now <laughs> it does and it should i mean all of us should be very angry with what they're doing to our children i mean this is like a whole generation that's going to go through this it's not just a few children it's like nationwide like this is going it's going viral crazy by, by the way my friend peggy is uh commenting on on facebook peggy i would love for you to call in from a teacher's um, viewpoint, I would love for you to call in and talk a little bit about, you know, what maybe what, you know, what you experienced when you were a teacher. I know you're no longer teaching re- as of recently, but she she said, it's not always bad teachers, which I understand that. It's also counselors and administration. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are good teachers out there. Don't of get course. me wrong. There's oh, a yeah. lot of good teachers out there. I've known some teachers that 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 love their students and did the best they could for them. My mom was a teacher for a while. I know a lot of good teachers myself that would never ever go there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you've got uh, you've got some crazy lefto liberal wackos out there that believe some pretty crazy stuff and they've got their own personal leaves, beliefs and they're and they're pushing their agenda in the classroom and it's like I, I really don't know how we stop this I don't a classroom was supposed to go be where you learn you know right. to survive math history you know whatever you need to learn to read uh, that's what a classroom's supposed to be but now it's shocking to me when they'll, they'll go to a third grade class and they have bananas there and condoms and they're showing them how to put them on oh wow I like a third grader like these they don't even have any clues what they're talking about but they learn real quick especially kids learn all the rotten stuff first for some reason I hear they, it they, a yeah lot. they'll they'll learn that before they learn how to do multiplication or something this is much easier 
it, it's just unbelievable that it's, they're t- learning that. It's too early. Yeah, it's let really children be children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they're fifteen, they'll learn all that on their own. They don't right. need. They don't need your help. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> they learn it from each other. Trust yeah. me. This is what I hear. Mm-hmm. I was a kid yeah. once. We learned it on our own. You right. know, we didn't need anybody grade, else to tell us. Third grade, us. you're not interested in that. You're still, you know, the boys don't like the girls, and the girls, you know, they're not interested in that yet. Remember, remember how the girls always had cooties? Did yeah. you, was that a thing <laughs> when you were a kid? I remember. Barbie dream house and can and all that stuff. So, yeah. And, and boys were gross. Not what's going on in Barbie's dream house, but just yeah. having fun, you know, with <laughs> dolls and things. But. It says here uh, that though law enforcement rescued Sage on September 2nd, 2021, Miss Blair was not allowed to take her home because Miss Kahn, who was assigned to Sage as Sage's public defender, alleged neglect at home. Well, what in what way was she being neglected? Because they didn't let her transition. Uh, an allegation that was supported by Miss Olson and Mr. Via based on the supposition that Mrs. Blair and her husband weren't acknowledging Sage as a male. So they removed her from their home. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's inappropriate. That's very sad mm-hmm. to hear. I I don't I don't know how we overcome this ide- ideology because it's corrupted the courts and everything else, and and this is just a perfect example of it. Mm-hmm. It says here she went on with her own ideological agenda because of her belief that I was not adequately supporting Sage. Miss Blair said we got into a courtroom and she came up on a big Zoom screen. I called her name saying I love you, Sage, and she replied I love you, Nana, and that was it. The public defender shut it down and convinced the judge that I was abusive because I didn't call her by her boy name. And the judge went with it. Judge went along with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, like I said, he's a he's a, predator, he's a predator also. Yeah, we're losing control of our mm-hmm. children, and um, not okay, not mm-hmm. okay at all. Baltimore Circuit Court Judge Robert Kershaw at one point had Mrs. Blair's husband removed from the courtroom for for forgetting to use Sage's masculine pronouns, she said, and the judge refused to acknowledge Sage's need for trauma care. Mrs. Blair said. Unbelievable. Got a caller coming in. Oh, oh my goodness. Nice. Yeah. It's my friend Peggy calling in. Okay, I want to hear what she has to say. Good. Hey, Peggy, how's it going? You're on with Becca and Stella. Oh, hold on, hold on a second here. Hmm. There we go. Now we got you. Go ahead. You got me. Okay. Yeah, got gotcha. you. <laughs> Forgot I, I had to turn the levels up on the phone. So, oh, hey, hey, Peggy, do me a favor. We're coming up up on the break. Can you hold? And then as soon as the break is over, we'll we'll get into whatever you want to talk about. Sure, no problem. Okay, we'll be right back with you. I'm going to put you on hold. Okay. 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 